This episode was recorded on the unceded lands of the Kaurna people of the Adelaide Plains. The History Trust of South Australia acknowledges elders past and present and the elders of the lands this podcast reaches. Hello and welcome to the History Festival podcast. I'm your host, Greg Mackey. The History Festival is an annual statewide event that explores the rich and deep history of South Australia. Held over 30 days in May, the History Festival explores the state's places and spaces, stories, collections and ideas that make us who we are today. One of South Australia's largest open access community events, the History Festival program features hundreds of events ranging from talks to tours, walks to workshops and exhibitions to special events. Events happen everywhere, in towns, cities and suburbs, in museums and libraries, in boats, trains and buses and mysterious buildings, on the street, by the beach and out in nature. Hear tales of the unusual and unknown, from amazing experts to local guides. With hundreds of events to choose from, there's something for curious minds and for all ages. Our theme in 2021 for the History Festival is change. From political change to social change, changing places, changing minds, changing hearts. Change for the better, change for the worse, on a big and a small scale and everything in between. The world around us is constantly undergoing change. Change is also a major thread that runs through the histories we share. We have also encouraged event organisers to plan events around this idea in any way they choose. So sit back and relax as we delve into some of the great stories and yarns that will make up the History Festival for 2021. This story, proudly brought to you by the History Festival regional partner, SA Power Networks, empowering South Australia since 1946. Port Oyster, Tales and Bubbles, Estuary Care Foundation. Hear tales of native oysters living in the Port River, being stored in the river to supply oyster saloons, being pilfered and banned, and now being restored to the river. Native oysters were part of the shellfish diet of Ghana people along the Port River. They were supplied from coastal SA and consumed in their thousands in the colonial era. Now they are on the comeback trail and are successfully living again in the Port River, though now as ecological warriors filtering the river water. Our intrepid team went down to the Port River to find out more. The Port River is known for many things, a deep maritime history, majestic pods of beautiful dolphins, and a certain lifestyle that's now really being embraced. However, if I were to mention oysters, you wouldn't think of the Port River. Well, that's changing. There's a project called the Port River Shellfish Restoration Project, and that's changing the way the Port River is being seen. From that project, Ray Noonan and Catherine McMahon join us. Ladies, good morning. Good morning. Hi. Now, before we get into the project, can you tell me a little bit about the history of oysters and the Port River? Well, um, when the first settlers came out here, they were amazed when they looked at the bottom of the boats and found oysters growing on them. And of course, the Ghana people weren't at all surprised because they'd known about them for centuries before. And in fact, when excavations had been done along the shore, uh, they'd found where the middens had many, many oysters that had been eaten by the Ghana people. So um, when the first settlers came, they, of course, started to enjoy the oysters as well. And then they discovered that there were something like about 16,000 kilometres of oysters all around the coast of South Australia. And then, of course, there was no refrigeration. So after the oysters were um, harvested in places like Port Lincoln... 
they were often brought back and stored in the Port River. And then, of course, that was just too enticing for some of the locals. And so there are many stories and um, reports, court reports, of people sneaking down in the middle of the night, getting into a little rowboat, going out in the dark, leaning over and stealing the oysters. And there was one story about um, a man who had um, an oyster bed near one of the uh, bridges and uh, he was so tired of them coming and stealing his oysters he got out his rifle and waited quietly in the night suddenly along came the rowboat and the men were there leaning over the side pulling up the oysters and he stood up bail up he said and uh, two jumped out of the boat and ran away the other person stopped and of course was caught and they, and they were taken to court and they'd already taken about 60 oysters at the time <laughs> that's a great story i mean i can certainly see the enticement of uh, stealing oysters but uh, that uh, the man with the rifle that sounds a bit extreme <laughs> So it sounds like the river was very clean, providing lots of food and beautiful oysters. When did that start to change? Well, of course, uh, they provided us a food source um, for colonial settlers. And then, of course, rivers were seen as places into which you put your waste. So as industry and settlement happened, then the quality of the water changed. So now you are doing this fantastic restoration project. Can we walk down to the river and have a look at the, the great work you're doing? Yeah, for sure. Great. Catherine, as we walk down, how long has this project that you've been doing been underway? We started in January 2016 and we're inspired in part by the um, Billion Oyster Project in, um, in New York and that's uh, a program. These programs are actually happening all around the world where people recognise that um, there were native oysters in abundance and now the quality of the river um, in lots of places has changed so much that you can actually begin these restoration projects. It's fantastic uh, about this project. And I must say, we're walking down through the mangroves now, which are so clean and crisp. And I think it will surprise a lot of people to see the health of the river. And we're now walking down on the banks of the Poor River, which I must say... It's surprisingly clean. People might have an image that the Port River is dirty and brown, but this shore, look at it, the sand is clean, it's crisp, it looks really good. Yeah, well, one of the things is because it's got a muddy bottom, then the light doesn't reflect in the same way. But, you know, if we go down and put, put our hands into the, into the water, then you can see that it's really clear. So we are down on the bank of the Port River and I can see out there there's some markers. Catherine, I presume, is that one of your oyster projects there? Yeah, well, it, it's certainly sitting over the top of one. So it's a rig that Portside Christian College has built. And we've gone through a process of seeing whether our oysters would live in the river. And we've we've had them out in baskets as, as small oysters and baby oysters. But now we're actually at the stage of trying small reefs. And that monitoring rig is, is sitting over one of those small reefs. Now, I can see the success of growing oysters here in the Port River, which once again will probably surprise many people. Now, Ray, you've got a beautiful example of a typical oyster that would be reflective of what grows here in the Port River. Can you tell us about how they grow? Yes, well, um, they start off as a tiny little spat, probably about the size of my fingernail, and um, they can gradually grow. And so this one here would be maybe about 12 centimetres across or thereabouts and um, it's got a very frilly edge on it so that as it puts down more and more layers 
um, you get more of these frills around the edge. And the ones that we had, we received them from Sadi. We grew them, first of all, in um, baskets, and then later they were put onto the reef. So from when it first goes into the water to get to the size that it is, how long would that take here in the Port River? Oh, probably about three years. It's good, isn't it? It's amazing that the Port River can now support growing oysters, high-caliber oysters, which once upon a time people wouldn't have even thought it could do. No. Well, of course, we see them as ecological warriors because um, each oyster filters a bathtub of water per day. So the idea is that they're not taken out of the system and they've got sort of um, related uh, sort of shellfish species in the millions of Pacific oysters that we've got in the river. And we've also got mussels and other shellfish. And all of those are filter feeders. So they're all, you know, we have stormwater come into the river. That's our main kind of external source of um, of inputs these days. And yeah, the oysters are part of that process. So effectively, the more oysters and the more shellfish in the Port River, the cleaner the river gets. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And what they often lack is is substrate. So shell is a great thing. Um, these Our native oysters are subtital. You, you kind of won't see them. What you'll see on all the posts and the bridges and the walls around are, are Pacific oysters because they're an intertidal species. Um, but yeah, all of them, all of them play this very important role in our system. I think it's fantastic. And I think the work you're doing to enable the Port River to ultimately become clean to grow oysters is fascinating. Now, as part of the History Festival, can you tell us about the event you're doing? We're doing an event called Port Oyster Tales and Bubbles, and that's going to be at the British um, Hotel. So what we'll we'll do is we'll give people a, a glass of bubbles, a Pacific oyster and a native oyster to taste, and then we'll go through kind of three stages, going back to the times of the Ghana people, what the landscape was like and what it provided, and then Ray Otella series of stories about uh, the colonial era, about them being stored and pilfered and the like. And then we'll, we'll talk a bit about the restoration work that we're doing. Catherine, Ray, thank you so much for taking me through what you're doing down here at the river and your event. Thanks for coming along. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to find out more about the Port River Oyster Tales, do join us and enjoy a glass of bubbles while comparing the flavour of a Pacific and native oyster at the British Hotel in Port Adelaide. For more details, simply go to historyfestival.sa.gov.au.